once you get underwater there's like so many fish and so many things to see it's a different world a different planet down there yeah so it could be fun in that sense yeah when the water is nice and clear and then you can see so many things underwater but then sometimes it's scary especially if you've got to work underwater it gets very scary because then you don't have times to go down so the conditions are not always perfect it's uh, sometimes you got to go down dive at night different times different weather conditions so yeah then it gets scary sometimes yeah. but other than that i i quite like it i think it's fun yeah when i get a little bit older i think i will try deep sea diving yeah you should it's great yeah you enjoy yourself what kind of training do you need to go deep sea diving well there's different kinds of training now i'm a commercial diver so commercial and sport diving is totally different it's two two different disciplines yeah in uh, in commercial diving you've got to do uh, a professional level course in diving and you could do those courses probably in south africa or in england where i studied and uh, those courses basically teach you uh, hard hat diving hard hat diving is basically uh commercial diving uses big helmets and stuff to go down under water so you've got to learn how to uh wear those helmets to don those helmets uh regular maintenances and stuff of those helmets and uh how to work under water yeah because commercial divers are basically uh divers that work under water yeah so these are the kind of trainings that you have to go through and having to be having to go out at sea you've got to learn how it's not only just diving so it's diving with the ability to be able to work with tools and machinery under water so that's the kind of intensive training that you've got to go through you also have to do a whole bunch of other courses as well like um like for instance transport transportation from from land to sea in helicopters and how do you how do you manage yourself in a helicopter how do you ditch things like that so you also have to do uh, medical training where you learn how to uh, you know conduct basic first aid and advanced first aid as well sometimes so yeah these are all the courses that you require to be able to go and uh, dive commercially 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of training. You got to keep studying all the time. Yeah. yeah. But you get to see lots of fishes. Yeah, that's the good side about diving, right? Yeah. When you walk, you, you get, get to see fish as well. Yeah, you get to go where most people don't really go. So yeah, yeah. it's fun. That's. It. So, what did you go deep sea diving for? So, as a commercial diver, you could go deep sea diving for many things. You could go to salvage things, as in like shipwrecks and stuff. You go, you can go visit these shipwrecks to salvage things from them. Or as an offshore diver, commercial commercially, you could even go um, to oil platforms. You know where they get all the oil from? Yeah, from oil. these oil platforms, yeah. So they have like a regular lifespan, right, of about 50 years. So during those 50 years, there's a lot of uh, wear and tear that happens and uh, uh, maintenances that have to be carried out and stuff. So those maintenance work is, is carried out by divers underwater, including uh, laying, laying of these oil pipes and uh, regular maintenances and checks, inspections, all that kind of stuff. So it could be anything. As a commercial diver, works quite varied. So it could be salvage, it could be uh, maintenances, construction, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Have you seen any shipwrecks underwater? Oh yeah, I've come across lots of shipwrecks underwater. Yeah. In the course of uh, of diving, we see a lot of shipwrecks underwater. Yeah, it must be very sad seeing all that. Yeah, sometimes there are like when when I was diving in England, I came across a lot of World War II shipwrecks. And then, yeah, you see all these shipwrecks down and then you wonder who was on these vessels, who lived on them, who served on them, what happened to them. So yeah, all these questions keep arising. I've, I've seen like lots of shipwrecks on documentaries but uh -huh. sometime in life, like sometime in life, I want to go down underwater and actually see a shipwreck. Yeah, you should. And explore yeah. inside it. Yeah, once you get your once you get your training done, then yeah, like like with with sport diving, you've got to do a specialized uh, a specialized training called uh, wreck diving. Yeah, and then they teach you how to go into shipwrecks and then explore shipwrecks safely. So you could do that then. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's like a very fun job, I think. <laughs> yeah, it can be. What are the risks involved in deep sea diving? How do you keep yourself safe? Well, I think the greatest uh, risk uh, while diving would be uh, due to decompression sickness. You, you know what decompression sickness is? Yeah. yeah. It's it's when your yeah. head starts aching under all So basically, the deeper you go, the air that you breathe starts getting more and more compressed. Yeah. So the amount of nitrogen that you're breathing is at a higher level. And then nitrogen has a tendency to store itself. Yeah. And when you come up, you can't come up immediately when you're diving. You gotta decompress before you come up, right? You do safety waters, uh, in-water safety stops, yeah? To off-gas, yeah? 
to basically get rid of these nitrogen bubbles so you can surface safely. It's almost like opening uh, a bottle of Coke. You know, when you open a bottle of Coke, you see all the bubbles coming up, right? Out of it. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. So when you when you when you come up similarly, that's that happens because all the uh, nitrogen is compressed in the liquid, right? So the same thing when when you come up quickly as a diver, you tend to get something called decompression sickness. It's where bubbles start forming in your bloodstream. So you don't want that to happen to you, right? Because that's going to be bad for you. So you basically have to come up slowly and slowly. Yeah, they say slower than your slowest bubble. And then when you come up slowly, you basically off gas. So then you're safe. So that decompression sickness is one of the biggest uh, biggest concerns when when diving. Yeah, so in that sense, yeah, it can be dangerous there. Yeah. Anything else? Um, from a work point of view, as a commercial diver, there could be other industrial-related uh, injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, because you work with heavy machinery. So you've got to be very cautious while, while working with machinery, especially when you're working in an unnatural environment, right? Because you're working deep sea, things always don't always function the same way as they function on the surface, right? Yeah. So yeah, like things aren't always, uh, there's no gravity, like the gravity is different, right? Underwater, certain things float and stuff like that. So you've got to be very cautious about things, about uh where you are, you have to be very careful about uh, your orientation in space and in time, that kind of stuff. But other than that, if you if you keep in mind what you've been trained to do, then it's pretty safe. It's relatively safe as long as you follow what you've been trained to do. Do you have like big oxygen tanks? So as in in the in the commercial field. We dive with helmets and we don't dive with with uh, with oxygen tanks really. Yeah. So we dive with with what we call a bailout. That's just a single cylinder at the back. That's just for an emergency. Yeah. And we are constantly being fed air through the surface. Yeah. So we have what we call an umbilical that's attached to our helmets. Okay. And the umbilical contains um a communication cable so that we can talk to each other from the bottom to the surface. Uh, you have, um, you also have uh, uh, a light. So a connection for your light. We call it a hat light. And then you have your hose. That's the air hose that's connected to the surface. Okay. And then through, through a compressor, you get air that keeps constantly being fed to you underwater. So you have a constant supply of air. So it works differently there. As in opposed to sport diving, where you carry uh, cylinders. So you have you have a, a field of sport diving called technical diving. And those guys dive very, very deep. Yeah, And when they dive deep, they have lots and lots of cylinders. So you could see them carrying a whole array of cylinders with them. Yeah. Because they also breathe different gases when they go down. So they keep mixing gases. And that's the reason why they have so many different cylinders with them. Yeah. So yeah, as a commercial diver, 
you breathe through surface supply. And as a sport diver, you have uh, big cylinders and many cylinders sometimes. That's interesting. Can you share some interesting experiences you have had? Well, interesting experiences. Well, there was one when I was uh, when I was just starting off uh, diving commercially. I mean, I was in my training in England, and um, we had to go down and inspect a shipwreck. Yeah, so we had to inspect its contents. And we had to inspect the debris field. The debris field is where all the scattered parts of the uh, vessel is, right? So when I used to go down to work, yeah, I would see this big, large, white fish that would constantly come and look at me. Yeah, And initially I thought, yeah, okay, fine. It's a big fish. We're in the ocean, obviously, right? But then when I'd, walk, when I'd go walking to work, yeah, and... This fish would keep following me everywhere. And he kept doing this like for two days. Yeah. I mean, he'd follow me to work and uh, he'd just constantly stare at me to see what I'm doing. And then he'd follow me back. To, so we go down in a cage, right? And then he would follow me back after the end of the work, which was like about an hour or so. He would follow me back to the cage and see me go up. And this happened like for two days consecutively. And then that was it. I didn't see it again. But uh, but yeah, it was so funny because I didn't think fish could actually follow you around like uh, like a puppy dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty uh, fun and uh, curious experience that I had there. I wonder what fish it was. Yeah, I wonder too. I think it must have been a grouper, but it was like this really big, big white fish. Yeah, it was white and it was really, really big. From being deep in the sea to high up in the sky, what are the similarities or differences you have experienced? Well, I think differences would be in, in pressure. When you when you fly, fly up, you have low pressure. When you're diving, it's high pressure. Yeah, so like sometimes when you go, when you, when you dive, like especially when it's like deep sea, they take these these coke cans and they take it down with the ROVs. ROVs are like robots that go underwater, yeah. And you can actually see the can compressing and crushing. That's the kind of pressure that you you experience underwater. Yeah. Nobody's like crushing the can. Just... No, it's just it's just the water pressure that's crushing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of water pressure. It's like for 10 meters, you have almost twice the amount of pressure that you have on surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a lot of pressure that, that you keep experiencing underwater. Yeah. That's why your your vocal cords start getting compressed as well. And you sound like Mickey Mouse sometimes underwater. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up in the sky is really fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a it's a different. I mean, when when I was uh, was flying, it was a different experience totally. But obviously, nothing related to the deep sea world. That's a completely different experience. Yeah, yeah. Mm. If you ask me, I'd rather be underwater than above flying. <laughs> yeah. 
know. Because anyway, there are no fish in the air. Yeah, there's no fish in the air. Mm. No, not fun. Not fun. Yeah. Not fun. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about your journey into photography? What kind of photography do you do? So, photography started as a as a hobby, and then I took it up pretty seriously. I also photographed underwater as well, and uh, that used to be part of the job. And uh, yeah, I mean, photography wise, uh, I usually uh, photograph uh, wildlife, nature. That's the kind of uh, photography I like doing. It's uh, it's 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 almost like being curious, Vedant, right? <laughs> You're very curious about the about the natural world, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like how you you're curious with different things. So yeah, photography is 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 something like that. It's like it's like being curious about things, and you you photograph things, and then you take them back, and then you start researching about it. So yeah, it started off like that. Yeah, I mean, um, I I I mostly photograph nature because I I love being in nature. So, so yeah, I mean, when I go out uh, in the mountains or when I'm in the forest and stuff like that, uh, yeah, I photograph and then obviously I don't know everything that exists there. Right? It's, it's such a big world and so many things around. So, yeah, I like to know what I'm seeing or what I'm, where I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So. I also like taking photos. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I don't do it that, that much. Only when I go outside, sometimes. Yeah. Do you have a camera, or do you just shoot on your phone? I just shoot on my phone. Yeah, that's what most people do nowadays, right? And it's great. It's so it's so easy to shoot on your phone, right? I've been wanting a camera, but then actually my phone's camera is good enough. Yeah, yeah. These days, these days, phone cameras are. Much better than uh, carrying a, carrying a big heavy camera and stuff, right? Yeah, it's but I've, al- I've also used one of those big cameras and taken photos. It feels very good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, depends on the kind of resolution that you want. But these days, camera phones are excellent. I mean, people are shooting movies and stuff on camera phones, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, these days, camera phones are just so easy because you can. You can shoot and then edit right there on the phone. And there you have it. Like, you know, you can upload your pictures on your Instagram, on your other social media. So it's just more convenient. Have you done any deep sea photography? Yeah, I have actually. Um, I have done a few uh, uh, photographs, but mainly for work. Not really, uh, not really anything interesting. Mostly when you go when you go diving deep sea, sometimes you got to take photographs of uh, uh, anomalies and stuff that you come across. So yeah, so for that, yeah, you take pictures with your camera. But then there you have big strobe strobe lights attached to the camera and stuff. It's a lot of heavy equipment to take down. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, unlike uh, regular. I imagine with all the heavy equipment, it would be so easy to just sink down. Yeah, but it's it's actually it's actually difficult for the first sixty feet trying to trying to sink down. But once you get past that, 
then it's just you just keep sinking down and down. Yeah, that's it. It's like free falling, like like skydiving kind of. Yeah, I've never done skydiving. It's it looks scary. Even like those indoor indoor skydiving places where they have those big fans and they fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really scary for me. Yeah, I haven't skydived as well. Yeah, it looks very scary at least. I would like to. I I don't think it's scary, but but yeah, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Maybe you can tell me how it is. Yeah, when I do, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can try. We have a eye flap. Uh, we have like a knife fly here. In yeah. Skydiving. Yeah, you should try it. Try it. Yeah. Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you do? Uh, can you? Can you skydive now? I, are you allowed to at your age? Or do they have like an age limit or something like that? I, no, right. I, my friend was like the same age as me exactly. He mm-hmm. did, yeah. So you can. Oh, so you should then. You should go then. Yeah. Yeah, you should try it out. Let me know then. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe sometime in the future. I don't know. I can't do it right now. <laughs> yeah, whenever you do. Yeah. Yeah, I will. How did you get into each of these, each of these very different types of work? What did you want to be as a child? Well. Each of these different fields. So I've always wanted to be, I've always liked ex- exploration and, uh, you know, ocean exploration. As a child, I would watch documentaries on Jacques Cousteau and him going out at sea and exploring all these beautiful wrecks and sunken treasures. And so I used to be fascinated by that. Yeah. Um. So I always wanted to do something on the lines of adventure, either join the uh, military or uh, do something which related to adventure, right? So diving was but the natural thing for me to do. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't join the military. But uh, but yeah, I could manage uh, diving. So I did that. But uh, flying something that just happened by chance. It was just like, okay, fine. It means to, to do something else. And that's why I took it. So I could go, you know, different places in the world, explore stuff. Yeah, it was to- totally different experience. But I mean, uh, I learned quite a bit from it. So, yeah. You must have like seen lots of fascinating Yeah, I mean, I've been to different places, met different people. Yeah, being up in the sky, under the ocean. Yeah, very fun. <laughs> yeah, different places, yeah. So it's been fun. It's it's uh it's been uh there's there's I've had learning experiences every moment, yeah. Each place I've visited, I've learned something. Uh even from the kind of conditions that we've had to live in, you learn something from there. Sometimes out at sea conditions aren't very uh, you know, aren't very nice, but then, uh, but then you learn from that. You learn to appreciate what you have, all the comforts of home and and your home. So you learn to appreciate that. Then, when flying, it's totally it's totally different. I mean, you have different time zones and stuff that you have to keep. You know, getting used to uh, yeah. jet lag, like you're in a permanent state of jet lag all the time. 
But then it's comfortable sometimes because you go stay in all these five-star hotels around the world. So it's a bit pretty glamour, glamorous job in some way. Yeah. 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 Whenever I fly, like when I flew from here in Singapore to LA, like nonstop, I I like I couldn't. We were right in the middle. So mm-hmm. We weren't. We weren't on the window seats. We were right in the middle. So uh-huh. I and there were people like on the sides of us on at the window seats so we couldn't really see see like whether it was day or night so i didn't really know know what time it was <laughs> my watch and phone was still set to singapore time because we hadn't landed mm-hmm. yeah it would be different time zone right yeah yeah so it's kind of funny being being in a place at a certain time, landing in another place at a different time. Yeah. yeah. And we landed at LA the same time we took off. Yeah, see, that's so what I mean. earlier than yeah. we took off. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, right? It's, it's almost like you're a time traveler. You're going back and forth in time, right? Yeah, and when <laughs> I was going, coming back from LA, I landed like two days later. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so much fun when you when you when you think about it. It's like it's like you've gone backward and forward in time when you fly, right? Yeah. From one time zone to the other. Yeah. yeah. My mom made a schedule like when we were coming back, said, "Okay, for this many hours, stay up and do whatever you want, and then for this many hours, sleep, so that you don't get jet lagged." Yeah, exactly. So sometimes. Sometimes you've you've flown whole night, right? And you've come back to say your home base at say sometime in the afternoon. And you're like dog tired, right? You really want to sleep. But then at that point, the best thing to do is probably just stay awake till you yeah. can go to sleep at your normal time, whatever that is. Like say if you go to sleep at nine or ten at night, then yeah, stay awake till then. I mean it's a difficult thing to do. But then if you sleep like that, then you, you, you know, you wake up at regular hours and uh, yeah. And so your schedule's fixed then. What are your hobbies? Well, I have many hobbies that I like to do. So I love kayaking. I like going kayaking, whitewater kayaking. Uh, I love mountaineering. I go climbing most places. I haven't been. Yeah, it is. I haven't been for a while now. And uh, I like going on motorcycle trips. So, yeah. Yeah, I get on my motorcycle and go wherever. I like camping, photography, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Diving as a sport. Yeah. Fun. Diving for work, not so much. (laughs) But diving for sport. Yeah, that's fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, these are the hobbies that I like. Yeah, kayaking sounds really fun. I've seen, like... Lots of kayak shops like in the east coast of Singapore, where they have like a like very close to to the river, to the ocean, and like mm-hmm. there's there are these like small booths where you can rent a kayak and go. It looks very fun. Yeah, in fact, when I was in Singapore, I went to Pulau Ubin, mm-hmm. and uh, we went kayaking the mangroves there. 
you know, we rented out a kayak and then we went kayaking the mangroves there. Maybe you you should try that. That's nice. Yeah, we've never yeah. been to Yeah, you should try try going there whenever you whenever you have free time. And then you could rent these kayaks there and then go kayaking as well. So yeah, it was good fun seeing all the the you know the, the wildlife that exists in the mangroves and stuff. So maybe you should try it next time, yeah? Yeah, maybe I should. So you have a whole list of things you need to try. Skydiving, kayaking, <laughs> diving. Diving. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my show. Well, thanks, Vedan. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure <laughs> talking fun. to you. It was fun talking to you as well. Yeah. Uh, see I you soon. See you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedan, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone uh, or get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedan wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedant.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedant. And don't forget to rate and leave comments.